Amen's that call him an alcoholic. Part of the playground, 
with the kids and then feel part of on the football team or just always felt it was different, you know, and I never understand why and you know, I had the sense of just you know discomfort, you know, this boy at this, you know, just in a loneliness that I couldn't comprehend and put a word on, you know, or say what it is. And so I just assumed that everyone else felt like that, you know. So I just I just got on with it like, you know. And when it was about when it was about eight, my, my mother and father stood up and uh, my mother's way of coping with that was to do geographicals, you know, so she moved from house to house to house to house. So in the space of a year it was in about twenty different schools. From Mayo to Athlone to Wexford to Wicklow, all these different places, you know. And my mom's thing was the next house would fix all the problems. If we move over there, that would solve everything, you know. So me, me being a kid, you know, going to this new school with all these feelings that I couldn't comprehend and know what they were, you know. So I got really bored of putting on these masks, you know. I remember going to this school and I tell a new story and I'm like, oh yeah, my uncle is Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know. I just have this. <laughs> And you know, and then the next girl would go there, look, oh, you got trolled so many noise when it's spoiled, you know. And, and and then the next girl dad's the head of the mafia, the head, you know, and just always so that fear of fitting in, you know, what what mask am I gonna wear today in this this new skill and we move from skill to skill to skill, you know, and uh, and then I was then getting to trouble in school, you know. I remember one day my parents were called in, you know, and my mom was sitting there, my dad was sitting there, my teacher was sitting there, and the principal was sitting there. And they were all giving out a shout, but I didn't see that as a negative connotation. I was seeing that as, Jesus, look at all this attention I'm getting. This is great. You know, I grew up in a house with eight kids, like, you know, they're one the, the main man. So I, I grew, I got this, um, you know, this understanding that if we act out, we'll get all this attention, you know. So that would turn into this like, attention junkie all of a sudden, like, you know, and uh, so I was in school and getting a lot of trouble and I was diagnosed with like, ADHD and OC, OCD and BBC and TV3, you know. <laughs> everything, everything was just laying on me, like, you know. And um, yeah, and, you know, and then I discovered things like sugar. You know, as a, as a young kid, you know, I, I eat and I would put it age ten. You know, I was a pre-diabetic. You know, I was massive, and you know, I remember being at the doctor saying, look, you know, we'll probably have a heart attack before I'm twelve. Because I found that sugar regulated how I felt on on the inside. You know, I found something on the outside of me that I could take that solved everything that was going on the inside. This sense of escape, this sense of moment, you know, and then uh, it just it felt great, you know. And then, uh, and then I remember uh, I discovered uh, I discovered my full strength, you know. And um, I remember going down with the lads and feeling, but I would have been bullied quite a lot, you know, because I got from all these different skills, it was overweight, so I was just terribly, terribly kind of shy and awkward. So, you know, we were going down with these lads, uh, they're all drinking, you know, that game was what mask would I wear, what guys would I tell, you know, and all this. And I remember just sitting there, you know, and someone handed me a drink, you know, and I remember taking a soup out of it. And uh, being like, Jesus, that's like rotten, that's disgusting. You know, and then <laughs> I didn't give up, I'm not poor. And then, uh, you know, I took, uh, took another few swigs and uh, then he, I was like, well, it was like an artificial spiritual way. It was the first time in my life we ever felt okay. The first time in my life we actually felt normal. Like the guy over there seems to just have everything going for him. You know, that racing mind just stopped. I felt part of society for the first time. In your life, I said, This is euphoria. You know, this is not mine. This is what we've been missing in our life. And what I realized in that point, alcohol was not my problem. Alcohol was my solution. My problem was life. My problem was sobriety. My problem was reality. Because when I was 
Clean, you know, when we were sold, we were afraid of what people thought of me. We were afraid of death, we were afraid of my parents going, we were afraid of war land and insecurities, all this self esteem, inadequacy, inferior, and all these things going on. But when I had a drink, I only had one fear to deal with. Where's the next one coming from? So it was way more manageable to me for living the drunken world than it was in the sober world, you know? And I could never, you know, I couldn't, like, I. Look, alcohol solved everything. No matter if it was a broken nail, a broken washing machine, a broken marriage, you know, if I took a drink, everything was solved. And I just seemed to put a gloss over everything. You know, if I walk into pubs, it's in the roofless pubs in Dublin, you'd wipe your feet on the way out, like, you know, and I'd go into this pub and I'd see the barman that's on, and I'm like, God, not this fella. I hate this barman, you know, and the crowd that's here, the real joy, and oh, I can't stand the crowd. And even the song that's playing is terrible, you know. And, you know, I had my first drink, I'm trying to feel a bit looser. And then I had my second drink, you know, I'm trying to feel okay. And then I had my third drink. I drink my tree. And I arrive in the tree point world. The barman just gets me. He's my soulmate. I'm pulling my heart out to him, you know. We love this brother, you know, we love this man. And the crowd here, they're, they're bang on. And they want to hear all about me. I'm going to tell them all this stuff about me, you know, from the center of the universe, you know, and this song that's playing. I want the song played at my funeral, you know, this is my anthem. You know, and that, and that, that three point world, that's what alcohol done for me. You know, that's what alcohol done for me. But my problem was I could never live in that three point world, you know, because the next drink was always my favorite drink. This drink's all right, but the next drink's gonna take me where I need to go. You know, the next drink's gonna sort everything out. You know, and I chased that drink to oblivion. And my problem was when I blacked out, it was like Russian new neck, new that. I didn't know it was going to be the, the sad drunk, the happy drunk, the violent drunk, the aggressive drunk, the sit down and wet the bed drunk, the poetic drunk, you know, and, and that was the problem, you know, my blackouts are getting worse and worse and worse, you know, and, you know, alcohol led me to a lot, of, a lot of dark places in life, you know, and in this, my dad would have got into AA, he was trying to get me into AA meetings, and, you know, it's all cliche, oh, my dad's an alcoholic, I'm not as bad as him, I'll never become as bad as him, and I'll never be, we did. And it, like, drink led me to, you know, it led me to in and out of hospital, with mental health, led, led me in and out of juvenile detention centres. Uh, I got to a place where, like, the only attractive option for me was, uh, was to end my life, you know, and that, that was where I got me. And I remember being in a really dark place and I reached out to my dad, you know, and I said, look, we think we, think we need to go to me, you know. And, uh, and this is, and I think the good thing, like, when I was in that dark place, he said, you don't find the light in the light, you find the light in the dark, you know, and I think that was enough. And I reached out to me dad, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready, I think I'm ready to go to me, you know, and, uh, you know, my dad said, I'll organize my last to pick you up, you know, so it's his brand. So the next day, this fella comes up at the 4 o'clock, 4 p.m., pick me up, you know, and he, he, he knocks on the bed, Come out and answer it. And we had a five-minute conversation, and he must have had about 30 cigarettes, you know, non-stop. You know, and so we're gonna go to this meeting down in the down below the meeting. So we went down right there at four o'clock and we got to the meeting started that says I'll start at six thirty. But I thought we'd get here early, and he was obviously on on directions to get in there super early and meet everyone and get them stuck in the AA and so we arrived there not early, you know, and people started to come in and the meeting starts and I remember thinking to myself, this is like I yeah, you know, I was meeting good biscuits and with fig rolls, you know, and free tea and they're opening for me, you know, I got a few phone numbers and 
you know, and I remember thinking to myself, look, I think about AA where the whole not drinking thing, like, you know, <laughs> and then around that, and uh, so that meeting went on, and anyway, I, mean, I, I got up and said, right, I'm going to go, I'm with a terrible hangover at this stage, and, you know, and you know, as I was walking out, Dad's mate, he says, no, we're going to stay for a one more meeting, you know, my, my home group, amongst them, we have a half six, and then they have like a break, coffee break, and then they have a half eight meeting. So it's called get two meetings on the trot, it's called getting a double dose of the Holy Ghost. That's what we thought, you know. And, <laughs> so we stay around for the, for the second meeting, the half eight, and the secretary's running late and sees me sitting there, you know, and says, oh, hey, what's your name? I said, Colin. She said, Colin, come here, I've been trying to chair, you know, she said, come here, are you a man? Hello? And I was like, yeah, I'm here since fucking half four. That was my first experience with AA, you know. I only, I only stayed around for a couple of days because I just, I couldn't relate, you know, well, not that I couldn't relate, I couldn't let go of the old life, you know, I was still going out and um, hanging out with the old, old friends, you know, that thing, sitting in the bar, I'm going to get a haircut, like, you know, and I think Paddy started earlier on at a meeting, like once you go through the doors of an AA meeting, it ruins your drinking and it never goes back to the way it was, you know, and within, within three years, um, you know, I was in a really bad way. You know, I was in a really, really bad way. The dream stopped working. I was just a little bit fear, a little bit anxiety, you know, and I just wanted to, I just wanted all the end, you know. And uh, I remember I was sleeping on my sister's couch. All I had was a black bag full of fucking, like, a pair of underpants and everything. And my sister was getting to sleep there, or guilt. And, uh, you know, finally got invited down to for my dad's 60 down to Donegal. And I remember my sister saying, look, oh, if you want to come down, I'll pay for it. I can't go, not, I can't go anywhere, I don't have the headset. I'm barely walking out of the shop, they're having a panic attack, you know. And uh, she said, look, I'll pay for it. I'm not leaving here, you know, you know. So I said, well, I remember walking out of this hotel, and it was a big banner as I walked in the lobby saying, the All-Ireland International Alcoholics Anonymous Convention. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking, there's not fear of me drinking down here, you know. And, <laughs> And uh, I remember sitting there, you know, dancing with shooting dogs for ends, and I was thinking, I need to go to the one place where there's not, uh, not, not recovering alcoholics. So I walked into the bar, you know, I was watching football. I remember all these guys were sitting there, and they looked at me and go, You want to own them alcoholics, eh? I was like, No, you know, you want a point, and I don't need for approval. And I remember thinking to myself, Look at that story in the big book, you know, your mom puts the whiskey in the milk. And I was saying to myself, Surely you, you can have a drink at an AA convention, because the energy of those people will rub off you, and you know, you have to control your drink, and I'm the. You know, so I had that full stream and I blacked out, through that phenomenon praying. And I went down to the office and bought all the stream. I woke up two days later and I went to cause about five grand worth of damage to it at an AA convention. It's like sleeping and spraying your ankle in an A&E, like, it's like just the right place. And, uh, but, uh, so I woke up the next day and I remember thinking to myself, this is it, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, and there was a knock on the door and a young lad opened the door, uh, it was at the sign at the door, we called Scott, you know, and he came in, he said talking to me, you know, he said talking the inside, about the inside of his head, you know, and the washing machine head, and that sense of insecurity, low self-esteem, all this stuff, and he asked me if I wanted to come down to a meeting. And, uh, you know, I went downstairs to a meeting, and, uh, you know, and I heard, I heard more of the same stuff with people that just had the same head as me, you know, and that, and that was, and that was my last week, you know, and that was the 2nd of March, 2014, you know, and, I was 
packing bread in and I'm all these pies I used to drink were still sitting in the same pool, wearing the same clothes, cracking the same jokes, talking the same shit. And like index carting my alcoholic hamster wheel and you know, we're all over here free, living our best lives, you know, all in Berlin and you know, we saw me start and we put some start so we're just super grateful to be sober and be here to for all, be here with all you people and thank you so much for uh, hearing me on the